0: Hi, this is Bill Mitchell. I launched the When Dating Hurts podcast over a year ago now. But before I started, I thoroughly researched beginner-friendly platforms for podcast creation. I felt I needed to find one that allowed me to record and edit, but also to arrange it into episodes and then publish the episodes onto today's most popular listening platforms. Anyway, my search led me to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. Anchor has tools that allow me to record and edit my podcasts right from my phone or computer. It was easy. And by hosting on Anchor, I can distribute my podcasts on all the most popular listening platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google, and others. It's everything you need to make your podcast in one place. What I like best is Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, that's Anchor, which is spelled just the way it sounds. Hi, everyone. I thought it might be interesting here at the end of the year to do a podcast that previews the audiobook version of When Dating Hurts. Already, we have put out the When Dating Hurts paperback, the ebook, and of course, there's the When Dating Hurts podcast. So, what I decided to do was to take some of the chapters from the book and put them into a podcast as a bit of a preview. I'd be curious to know what you think about the audiobook, and you can write me at Bill Mitchell at WhenDatingHurts.com. The following are the first three chapters of the new When Dating Hurts audiobook. When Dating Hurts chapter entitled, Recollection, You Feel Sorry for Me? On a warm June afternoon in Washington, D.C., a film crew from ABC's Good Morning America interviewed my wife and me for a segment on dating violence. Two other pairs of parents were interviewed following us. Their daughters had also been victims of violent acts caused by their boyfriends. I had been told that parents who lost daughters in violent crimes were in the club nobody wants to join. If included, you immediately felt close to the other members like a support group. In the early evening, the interviewed parents collected at a posh D.C. restaurant. John and Mary, from a northeastern state, lost their daughter four months after our daughter was killed. Mary was in town to advocate for a national law to mandate teaching about dating violence in every high school in the nation. My wife Michelle was chatting with Mary and a single mother named Sheila, who was from Buffalo, New York. John, on my left, leaned over to me. Bill, I gotta say, man, I feel sorry for you. Taken off guard, I responded, "You feel sorry for me?" John continued, "I do. You see." We lost our daughter, too, but our situation's different. I wondered where this was going. It felt personal, considering we had only met minutes before. See Sheila there, talking with your wife? The guy who killed her daughter had the decency to kill himself after he shot her. She doesn't need to deal with him anymore. He's gone, and that's that. Then there's our guy. He killed my daughter and got nailed with first-degree murder. He's in prison for the rest of his miserable life. He's not coming out. But believe me, if I had the chance, I'd still kill him. John was scary. His anger was too close to the surface, as if he could explode at any moment. But he felt sorry for me. Then he pointed right at me. Bill, let's talk about your guy. What did he get, 30 years? Taking it gently, I replied. 30 years, but mandated to do only 15. Then he'll face annual parole boards until his 30th year. John, with eyebrows raised, said, What did I tell you? See? That's why I feel sorry for you. You have all of that ahead of you. Mary and I don't. Neither does Sheila. Suddenly, I felt sorry for me too. The end of When Dating Hurts chapter entitled, Recollection, You Feel Sorry for Me? When Dating Hurts, chapter entitled June 3rd, 2005. It's a Friday evening, ugly and drizzling, but the weekend's here and I'm good with it. Tonight's venue is Snyder's Willow Grove, a family-style restaurant near Baltimore's BWI Airport. Snyder's has seen better days, but decades ago. Muzak performs a duet with periodic roars from outbound air traffic. It's part of the ambiance. For my just past 80 year old parents, Snyder's is their go to supper spot. No one can make out who is older, the patrons or the waitstaff. Chances are excellent I will be referred to frequently tonight as Han, as in, Han, can I get you more water? Kind of cute in what we call a Baltimorean way. When plates are cleared, I delight my parents with a photo of their granddaughter, Kristen, wearing her mortarboard. Gown and sweet smile, she is a personification of accomplishment and triumph. Her college graduation was 20 days ago. Mom and Dad love it. They love Kristen. After studying Kristen's photo, Mom says, Oh, we brought you a little gift too. From under the table, she hands me a strange 10 inch robotic bird with a button on its wing. We got one of these for Aunt Marie years ago. We saw this in Frederick and got you one. I squeeze the button, the beak begins to move, and then it belts out What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong in Full sachmo. The restaurant is almost empty, so there is negligible disturbance. I see trees of green, red roses too. After we gave one to Marie, darn if your Uncle Joe didn't pass away soon afterward, Mom tells me. Trying not to appear discourteous or superstitious, and keeping it light, I have to ask, why'd you want me to have one? We liked the song and thought it was cute. The end of When Dating Hurts chapter entitled June 3rd, 2005 When Dating Hurts chapter entitled The Call On the rainy ride home after seeing mom and dad at Snyder's, my Ford Explorer's wipers slap away on high. It's challenging to discern road from not road. The singing bird is face down on the passenger seat, nice and quiet. Nearly 8.30 p.m., my cell phone rings. I shouldn't be fumbling to find it under these tense conditions, but who's calling me at this hour on a Friday? Hello? I'm Police Lieutenant Detective Vicki Stewart with the Howard County Police Department. Is this Mr. William Mitchell? What on earth is this about? Who is this, I mean, really? Uh, who are you? Police Lieutenant Detective Vicki Stewart with the Howard County Police Department. Are you William Mitchell? Yes, this is William Mitchell. Mr. Mitchell, I need to meet with you and tell you something. Are you available to speak with me this evening? You need to speak with me? And why is that? I'm ready to hang up so this person can move on and bother someone else. Mr. Mitchell, we can't do this over the phone, sir. It has to be in person. Can I meet with you at your home? My home? This person knows where I live? For some reason, she is absolutely determined not to tell me what's happening. Between driving in a downpour and dealing with Detective whoever this is, tonight is becoming weird and dangerous. Meet me at my home. Can I meet with you at your home, Mr. Mitchell? Will you be there any time soon? We were there, but no one was home. I can't imagine where this is going. I give it one final try. Help me. What is it you need to tell me? This cannot be done by phone. I'm very sorry. We've been to your home a couple of times. No one was there. But I need to meet with you, Mr. Mitchell, in person. She will not let this go. So how can I be sure you are who you say you are? Mr. Mitchell, you can call our Northern District headquarters and give them my name. Tell them I'm trying to speak with you. You'll find this is all legitimate police business. I pull off the road and she gives me a number. Then I snap back with, Look, I'll call you back, okay? Does that work for you? I want to get off the phone and take a moment. Before I contact headquarters, I call my wife, Michelle. She's with our 16-year-old son, David, celebrating a friend's high school graduation an hour away. When she hears I've just been contacted by a police detective, she cuts in, Is this about Kristen? Kristen? Why on earth would local police be contacting me about Kristen? She lives two plus hours away in Philadelphia. Such an absurd thought. Kristen is totally out of this area. She's 120 miles north of us how could this be about Kristen? Obviously, I've never grasped the truth. All mothers possess special powers acquired while carrying their babies from inception to first birth. I should never have discounted those nine months of mother-child interdependence. I tell Michelle I'm going to meet this detective, or whoever she is, someplace safe. We're coming home right now, concludes Michelle, with her mother's sense on high. I resist her. Hold on. We don't even know what this is about. Let me meet with her and call you back. That doesn't do it for Michelle. She is set on coming home. I acquiesce. Okay, look. How about letting David drive? David is a rookie driver, but his eyes and reflexes will be sharper and quicker than his mother's, especially in rain at night. David wouldn't think it was about Kristen any more than I do. Silly man. The end of When Dating Hurts chapter entitled The Call. If you have thoughts about the chapters that you've heard, please send me a note. You can send it to Bill Mitchell at WhenDatingHurts.com. But I'm looking for your reactions. And also for those things that you might you think I should do in the future. I'm here and I'm trying to help. I'm trying to take what I've learned the hard way and pass it along so other parents and and uh, and friends of, of people who are dating don't have to suffer what we have been going through it's a long time and it it really honestly doesn't hurt any less now than it did when we first got the news so thank you for listening in and for paying attention to the messages that we're putting out there okay i intend to stay with this podcast through 2022 i'd like to thank you so much for keeping us successful okay take good care